Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. That is right. It is Thursday, April the 22nd. That's right. Two days after 420, how many of y'all are still high on the weeds? Huh? How many of y'all spent 420 on the weed? You should be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed. So glad you're back. Thank you for joining us. Make sure when you watch this video, you like, you comment, you share, you do all the things and show us some love because tonight or today or whenever you're watching this, we are going to be talking a little Nancy Pelosi. Not just Nancy Pelosi, but Nancy Pelosi's new book, Nancy Pelosi's father, Nancy Pelosi's brother, and really just the Pelosi crime family it's a very interesting family tree that she has first before we get started y'all know the drill vapor forge out on 280 are proud sponsors of this podcast and they want you to know that they support what we do and we support those guys as well we appreciate them uh, to no end as you know we tell you every single night go check out vapor forge and when you go make sure you tell them you heard it on Over the Line. 4673 Highway 280 East in Birmingham, Alabama. 205-874-9010. 205-874-9010. Those guys are the absolute best. I was up there today, as a matter of fact, giving my juice and my things, everything I need, and uh, just hanging out with those guys because I love them to death. So... Make sure you go and check them out. So Nancy Pelosi. Oh, by the way, let me say this before I get started. We're live on TikTok as we are recording this podcast. So for future reference, those of you that are watching this on YouTube or listening to it on the audio podcast on Spotify or Apple podcast or whatever, uh, if you want to try to get an inside peek on what the podcast looks like as it goes down, you can watch on TikTok at Andrew McLean Who. Now, if you're on TikTok and you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you should be ashamed. But you can still go do it. YouTube.com slash over the line. If you're on the TikTok, it's in my bio. Uh, you should be able to just click it and go. Make sure you subscribe to that. Really, I'm going to be honest with you. There's nothing different than watching it on TikTok because... Um, we do this podcast in one take. We don't go back and edit it and cut stuff out or whatever. I mean, we may have to sometimes if there was a real blunder, uh, but 99% of the podcasts that go up on YouTube, it's one take Willie, and that's it. You get it. You get it like it is. Uh, and some of it <laughs> sometimes turns out really bad because of that. But nonetheless, Nancy Pelosi uh, has put out a new book, and I really didn't know this until uh, yesterday. She's got a, a, a memoir, a biography that's called Madam Speaker. Now, this may very well turn out to be a bestseller. I don't know. I'm not a big book guy. I've got books, but I only have them to put them on my shelves to make me look smart. Um, but yeah, Madam Speaker is the name of this book from Nancy Pelosi, as you can see here. Um Nancy Pelosi and the Lessons of Power is the title. Susan Page is the, uh, uh, I, I guess she wrote the book or 
what do you call that? When what's the the ghost writer? Is that what they call it? The person that writes the book for the person instead of Nancy? Because could you imagine Nancy Pelosi writing a book? And like, especially if she's physically writing it down, she's all shaky and she's you know detoxing because she hasn't had alcohol in two two hours, and it's all just a bunch. And then somebody goes back and tries to read it, and they can't read any of it. You know that would be a disaster. So somebody else had to write the book, which is okay. People do that all the time, especially in politics, because we know these people are power-hungry, money-hungry people, and they're looking to make a buck. Nancy Pelosi is not looking to tell you about her life or inform you of her career in politics. She's looking to make a dollar. The last thing politicians want to do is tell you about what's going on behind the scenes. Transparency doesn't go well with politics whatsoever, so... This is not about transparency. It's not about helping learn anything. It's just simply money, money, money. And again, I just found out about this book, so I don't know exactly um, how it's doing. I haven't checked the the bestseller uh, list or or whatever, Uh, but April 19th from the Los Angeles Times is where I saw this. And, And this is how it starts off. It's difficult to write a fresh-sounding biography of a woman who has been in Washington longer than some members of Congress have been alive. But even longtime watchers of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi will learn something new about the most powerful woman in the country and how she got that way. From USA Today, Washington Bureau Chief Susan Page's new biography, Madam Speaker Nancy Pelosi in The Lessons of Power. Man, Nancy Pelosi with that rough life of hers. <laughs> that rough life coming from a political family and, and and rising up in politics, probably because of her family. It's just a lot of lessons had to be learned. So you go down through here and it's just the, the, the LA Times gushing, absolutely gushing over Nancy Pelosi. Um says, Page notes the potential pitfalls in exploring such a known quantity, noting Pelosi's tendency to recite the same quotes by Thomas Paine, Abraham Lincoln, and Ronald Reagan, her ability to stay relentlessly on message. <laughs> Do you think, you think the people, the media, especially these newspaper people, LA Times, Washington Post, you think when they're writing these stories about politicians, especially Democrat politicians, do you think they're actually drooling all over themselves as they seem to do according to the tax? Or do you think they're like, man, what has my life come to? Am I really doing this? Am I really having to pretend like I'm so inspired by this corrupt politician? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe one of the... So... As I went through here and I read this article, because I've not read the book, I really don't plan on reading the book, started to look into some of the things that this book may entail. And that, again, would help me prevent me from actually reading the book. Goes on to talk about uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi's frank comments about colleagues, uh, talking about her how she felt about the squad, when the squad had formed the four newly elected progressives, in, including AOC, and in a 2019 interview, um, she said some people come here as former House Appropriations Chair Dave Obey would have said 
to pose for holy pictures. Pelosi, then she said uh, her pitch to mimic a child. See how perfect I am and how pure. See, even when you read the text of things that Nancy Pelosi said, they don't make sense. So we're just going to skip over that part. Um, What else does it talk about? More squad talk. Um, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and how she calls Mitch McConnell Moscow Mitch. Um, things of that nature. By the way, that's that's what they call... You remember the Nancy Pelosi... Uh, the Nancy Pelosi time of, uh, speech she gave at the, the podium and she was talking about the wrap-up smear? About how you basically come up with a smear... You report it to the press. You what she called it? She said merchandise it. You take the wrap up smear. You take a smear. You you merchandise it. You basically sell it to the press, and then once the press reports it, then you turn around and say, "Look, it's obviously true because it's been reported in the press. It's the wrap up smear." Here, I've got actually a video of it. I'll show you some of it. I don't know if I can go through this whole thing because I don't know what all this entails. But here's Nancy Pelosi talking about the wrap-up smear. You said that you want to focus on what you're doing in the courts. Now, some of your Democratic colleagues believe you're simply trying to run out the clock on impeachment. Are you trying to run out the clock? No, I'm not trying to run out the clock. Let's get sophisticated about this, okay? <laughs> okay? Would that be? We won't proceed when we have what we need to proceed, not one day sooner. And everybody has the liberty and the luxury to espouse their own position and to criticize me for trying to go down the path in the most determined, positive way. Again, their advocacy for impeachment. This is when they're hot and heavy on impeachment and the Russia hoax and everything else. And so she explains what a wrap-up smear is. Mueller, uh, I keep calling him special counsel Mueller, but Mr. Mueller said the other day. Isn't she so eloquent? She's so eloquent with her words. She's about like Joe Biden. She can't put two sentences together. You know what he said. He could have exonerated him. He would have, but he didn't. But he was not able to investigate the president's finances. Okay, so this is not even the clip, but y'all get it. I, I, I've played videos of it before um, with Nancy Pelosi talking about basically what they do to damage people in politics. They make up something. They collude with the press to take a hold of that smear. They then go back to it and point to all these media outlets and say that they are reporting it. If you'll go back a few days on the podcast and watch the episode about our enemies are laughing at us, was the same thing. Donald Trump in the summer is getting ready to pull troops out of Afghanistan, and then all of a sudden the New York Times drops a bombshell about uh, uh, bounties on our troops' heads. Russia's putting bounties on their heads, and then all of a sudden President Donald Trump can no longer take troops out of Afghanistan because uh, Democrats and some Republicans were convinced that it was some sort of true intelligence when it was never proven. But again, that's on an old podcast. You can go watch that. One of the more interesting parts of this summary of Nancy Pelosi's book I found um, was about Nancy Pelosi's earlier days. It says, providing fresh details of Pelosi's childhood and the public eye, 
as the only daughter of Baltimore Mayor Thomas D'Alessandro, including a lengthy section on how the family survived a potentially career-ending scandal, the trial and acquittal of Pelosi's brother, Rusi D'Alessandro, on charges of raping a 13-year-old girl. Say what? Nancy Pelosi's brother on trial for raping a 13-year-old girl? Are you serious? You serious, Clark? So, I thought about it, and I'm like, well, I obviously need to get to the bottom of this. So, I start to look into who Nancy Pelosi's brother is. Franklin D. Roosevelt D'Alessandro. That is her brother. Her father was a Democrat mayor in Baltimore who um, had been accused of, of you know teaming up with the mob in order to stay in power. I know that's not really much of a stretch, but nonetheless, he was a, somewhat of a controversial figure back then. Um, but Franklin uh, D'Alessandro... Uh, um, died of cancer sometime, I don't know the actual date, but sometime in September of 2018, I believe. Now, and don't take my word on that, because I've looked at some dates, and I can't really pin down what actual date he died. Sometime around in that area. Known as Rusi, he was born March 7th, 1933 in Baltimore, shortly after the inauguration of President Franklin uh, Roosevelt, for whom he was named. He was the second son of the late Thomas D'Alessandro Jr., who was mayor of Baltimore from 1947 to 1959 and later entered the House of Representatives. It goes on talking more about his uh, early life. And then it said, in this little brief sentence in this article, in 1953 and 1954, Rusi uh, D'Alessandro was in headlines for being arrested and subsequently acquitted on charges of rape and perjury. So here I am again, trying to get to the bottom of this, trying to get a little background on Nancy Pelosi's brother, and yet they still give us nothing. So I had to dig and dig and dig in order to find just something, anything on this rape accusation this 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 insane you know uh, 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 rape trial that everybody seems to be brushing over i looked at countless articles trying to figure out what exactly this was because i think that's important to note and something just seems shady about it so i had to go all the way back to uh newspaper clippings okay and I feel like I'm some old private detective of papers like the Baltimore Sun. And I found this one. The headline says, Grand Jury to Scan Testimony in Morals Cases. Now, that sounds like it makes absolutely no sense to us today, but that's just kind of the way headlines ran back then. And so I go to pull it up. And let me see if I can get back to this. If you go... It's kind of cool how they do this newspaper stuff. Um, you can actually go to the paper itself. 
And when you zoom in to this article, you can kind of read on a little more. Let's see. Come on in here. Let's see. Grand jury to scan testimony in morals cases. Conflicting testimony in a series of morals cases by three defendants on on one hand and a son of a, a Balt, the son of Baltimore's mayor on the other will be studied by the grand jury next week to determine whether perjury charges should be filed. State's attorney um, said late yesterday, transcripts of their testimony will be presented to the jury Monday and Tuesday at special sessions. Judge W. Conwell Smith of the Baltimore Supreme Bench ordered the special probe a short time earlier during the trial of George Bacala, who was 24 years old. One of the 14 young Baltimoreans charged with morals offenses involving two girl cousins, 11 and 13 years old, Bacala was convicted of statutory rape. He testified that Franklin Roosevelt D'Alessandro, 20-year-old Nancy Pelosi's brother and son of mayor at the time, Thomas D'Alessandro, was with him, the two girls and two other young men on the night leading to these charges. Similar testimony was given by the other two youths, Philip and Michael Sudano. They also were convicted. At his trial a month ago, young D'Alessandro denied ever having seen the girls. He was found innocent, becoming the only one of the first 12 defendants to escape the conviction of either on, on rape or perverted practice charges in the series of cases. Two more trials are scheduled for tomorrow. So, if you didn't quite catch all of that, what we have here are it is it seems to be a case. We have a case of 14 people being indicted on the involvement of rape on an 11 and 13 year old girls. The story goes that these 14 people were involved in trapping or kidnapping these two children and holding them hostage over the course of about a week and then sexually assaulting them. Out of the 14 people that were indicted on these charges, 13 of them were convicted. The one that wasn't convicted, you guessed it, Nancy Pelosi's brother. Now, why is that relevant? It's relevant because Nancy Pelosi's father, her brother's father, was mayor of Baltimore at the time and sat in the courtroom for every single day of that trial. It's also important because witness testimony, not only from the victims but others, put her brother there at the scene, but his own bodyguards for his family said that he lied about his whereabouts on those days. He gave conflicting testimony as well as the other defendants, but yet, one out of 14, this guy got off. The Nancy Pelosi family 
the D'Alessandro family seems to come from a long line of corruption. Now, I don't know if this part is in Nancy Pelosi's book, but I think it's very important that we know this and maybe even discuss it more often. The people in Washington that have been there for this length of time, it's easy for us to forget where they've come from. Now, I'm not saying Nancy Pelosi had control over her brother raping children, but it sure seems that's what happened and that her father, who's mayor at the time, ends up playing a large role in making sure he's not convicted. 13 out of 14 people were convicted and he was the only one that was not, even though he got caught lying about where he was. Nancy Pelosi's past involves that as well as many other things as she was a lawmaker, but it same goes for so many others. And it's really much easier to pin the corrupt past on the others because it was so recent, such as Joe Biden and his racist past, his racist comments, his racist legislation, the things he claims are systematically racist in this country, the police force, the laws, the voting laws. He had a part in all that. He is one of the creators of the system that he claims that we need to tear down. And if we're being honest, Donald Trump reversed a lot of that. So Joe Biden's done absolutely nothing on that front. We can absolutely say 100%, with 100% certainty, that Joe Biden has done and continues to do absolutely nothing for the black community. Nothing at all. All he's done is damage the black community, and he's doing so even more now. As he demonizes police and saying he wants to basically take police out off the streets and out of situations, he's putting our most vulnerable communities more at risk as children are being shot in Chicago in a McDonald's drive through Joe Biden wants to make sure you know that our police forces are inherently racist. Well, why can't we talk about Joe's racism? Kamala Harris, who is black or Indian or half-white or something, made sure to lock people up and follow the footsteps of Joe Biden. Even though she called Joe Biden racist on the debate stage when she was running for president, she did the very same thing. Joe Biden created the laws. Kamala Harris followed in the footsteps. Throwing people in jail. Hiding evidence. DNA evidence from people on trial. When it's her job to find the truth, instead, she lied and hid the truth to keep who knows how many black men in prison. Corruption to its core, it's happened. You can go to almost any one of these, especially Democrats, and find a corrupt and even shocking past a shocking life they've lived to know that the speaker of the house had a brother who was pretty much let off the hook for 
raping and sexually assaulting an 11 and 13-year-old girl when he was at the age of 20, all because of what? Because of the position in government that her father held. Is that why Nancy Pelosi currently holds the position she holds? Because she was going to retire in 2016. Nancy Pelosi was ready to hang up her political career as a member of the House, as Speaker of the House, in 2016. And you know what happened? Donald Trump became president. And so she changed her mind. Now, why would that matter? If you're set on retirement, you want to take it to the house, hang out with the grandkids. Why why would you decide just because somebody won the White House that wasn't your guy or your girl that you would not retire all of a sudden? It's not because you want to save the country. It's because you need to protect yourself. Because once you bow out of Congress, how are you going to protect yourself? Who's going to come to your defense when the skeletons start falling out of your closet? So here we are. Nancy Pelosi, still Speaker of the House, and introducing the most radical legislation we've ever seen. Legislation to make sure Democrats never, ever lose power again. They're doing these things because they don't want you to have options. They don't want you to be able to make decisions on who your elected officials are, who your president is. They want you to say, you will elect the person that we put up for you to elect. And if you won't comply, we'll make sure it always happens. We'll make sure you don't have a choice. They do that because... Democrats used to really have the vote of the working man, the blue-collar workers. Democrat Party used to be the party of the working people. That is no longer the case. They've lost those people. They're losing middle America. So, do you think they're going to just say, oh, well, that sucks? Do you think they're going to change their view or their policies on certain issues? No, of course not. They're just going to create more states. They're going to federalize all voting laws across the country. They're going to set it up to make sure they can always stay in power because those people have the most to hide. Of course, they want power. Of course, they want to enrich themselves. But they also want to protect their own backside. Because if they don't at least have some sort of power, oh, so many of them will spend the rest of their life in prison. That's why Nancy Pelosi didn't retire in 2016, and that's exactly why they're pushing through things like H.R. 1 and D.C. statehood. They can't afford to lose power. Otherwise, everything will be blown out of the water. That's it for this edition of Over the Line. Thank you so much for hanging out with us yet again. Make sure you like, you comment, you share. And remember, if you're in the Birmingham area or if you listen to Talk 99.5 here in Birmingham, I'll be hosting tomorrow 3 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, same thing on Monday. So you can listen on your radio 
or you can listen online at talk995.com or on your TuneIn radio app. Make sure you check that out. Until next time, see you cool.